This is episode number 131, Creating a Vision for Your Life with Nancy John. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few brief announcements. First one being regarding our upcoming calls, which happen every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time, and last one hour, during which we have a conversation around the topic that matters most to us. If you are looking to get connected to this particular community and all of the individuals that are along this journey, please reach out to us and we'll be happy to share all of the details regarding when this takes place. The second shout out that I would like to give goes to our review of the week. I am honored to have done a podcast interview with Oleg for Overcoming Odds. They are doing great work that's important for each of us. We all have struggles that we must navigate. These podcasts provide real-life examples that inform and inspire their viewers. We are not alone in our journeys, and they are much more enjoyable when we can share our examples and learn from others. Thank you, Oleg, for all that you do. Thank you so much, Daniela, for that wonderful review. If you would like to be featured on our review of the week, go ahead and leave us one on iTunes, Facebook, or Google. Now, let's get back to our show. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alec. I'm excited to be here. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sparking this conversation before hitting the record button that uh, <laughs> probably was going to put us on a complete different tangent, but I'm glad that we're able to finally pick it up from where we left off. Yes. Um, you know, be, before we kind of get into this word and this topic that we chose, and that is compass, and in and, and more so compass as it relates to the bigger picture that we have for our lives, I want to give you a chance to briefly introduce yourself by answering the rather loaded question or the million dollar question that we all get asked, and that is, who are you? <laughs> for some of our listeners who are not familiar with your story. That's great. Thank you, Alec. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be on this show and this call with you. Uh, my name is Nancy John. I am in a nutshell, I would say a coach, a trainer, um, a consultant. I own Seed Leadership, um, the founder of that company where we provide leadership development resources and training to organizations as well as up and coming leaders. I'm also a podcast host. So that's uh, a podcast that I started earlier this year, Relational Introvert which if anybody knows my story has been all about running the experiment. It is all about the pure joy of the process, which has been, mm. which has actually been an amazing uh, learning experience for me, uh, a source of creativity that I actually hadn't anticipated. Uh, so, so yeah, it's been a really great journey for me and uh, I am, uh, I'm excited to be able to share that with other people because I find that that has actually helped me in 
building bridges and connections with a lot of different people that I never anticipated was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my background, I like from a professional perspective, uh, I have been a learning and development professional for over 15 years. So working in different corporations and companies and, and started up my own practice last year. So mm-hmm. it has been a journey to, to start something fresh and start something new. And I've learned a lot. Not, I mean, I'm, I don't just mean business wise about myself um, in ways that I don't think, again, I had anticipated mm-hmm. uh, has, that's what's shown up for me. And I'm very excited about where I continue to go mm-hmm. with this. Do you feel like you've become a little bit of an extrovert through the podcast and talking you about know, introvert topics? Because what I've learned is that it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like introvert and maybe we just don't have a good enough understanding of what it means to be an introvert. But yeah. through just talking and sharing to different people, I've noticed where I was five years ago, and that is being terrified <laughs> of getting into a public stage and speaking in front of other people, to actually feeling like that's my home now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's really interesting you bring that up. I, I, I think what you shared around the misconception of introverts is a really important piece because I feel a lot of times the misconception that still exists is that introverts are um, shy, like all introverts are shy or don't want to be in front of people or can't do public speaking. And I think it's important to recognize the spectrum on which we all lie. There's some of us who are extremely introverted and some of us who are extremely extroverted, but somewhere along that spectrum, we all, we all sit. Mm. And I have, like from my personal experience, I have always been comfortable speaking in front of people. I've been like that since I was a kid. Uh, I, I remember being really young. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has this experience where you know your parents, like if you can sing, they say, well, sing. Like when you, when you have a family gathering, they're like, sing or dance or whatever. Right? <laughs> they, they get you to do these things. I was that kid. Like I was the one where my dad would be like, oh, you know, sing. Or I was really good at telling jokes. I just really liked, I, I think I would realize that I en- enjoyed entertaining people to some degree, like making them laugh. <laughs> so I, I was the one that would, you know, go around telling jokes and things like that. So that was always a part of me. And I think that's when, when people find out that I'm an introvert innately, they're like, no, you're not. You have no issues being in front of people. And I think that's the misconception. What, um, what I, what's, I would say what's true to me as an introvert that is to everybody else, and maybe this is one that you relate to as well, is mm-hmm. we need a pause in the sense where uh, I, when I'm in front of people and when I'm like, in a let's even say I'm, I'm running a training session. I love when I'm there. I love it. I love what I'm doing, but I have given in all my energy. So when I'm done with it, I need to be like, I need to step away. I need some time alone. I just need to veg. I don't want to spend any time talking, Like I just need to recharge myself. Whereas the more extroverted people are like, give me more. Like I want the being with the people is what really engages them. I was uh-huh. actually having a conversation with an extrovert earlier this week and he said, he said, I'm, he goes, I'm losing my battery. Like I, I, need, I need to be around people. And I was just like, oh, how weird. Like I'm feeling, I'm okay. Like I'm missing my family and friends. I'm missing the connection, mm-hmm. but I'm not necessarily losing my energy per se as somebody else would. Mm-hmm. What the podcast experience has given me is just it, what it's helped me more than as an introvert is the whole, it's more around insecurities. Mm. Um, it's helped me to put myself uh, more publicly in a certain place. Same with doing videos, for example, putting up videos on LinkedIn. I started doing that last year. And I, in my personal life, I, I'm not posting up a bunch of my things on Instagram. Like I rarely, I'm 
I'm more a creeper on Instagram than I'm a poster. (laughs) But I realized, I've realized the value of being present. So people could Mm -hmm. just get a gauge for who I am. And so the video again, video and the podcast and everything, what it's helped me with is just to, um, face some insecurities, uh, to push past comfort zones so Mm -hmm. that it's just increased my capacity and my belief in what's possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't, but I don't know that that had anything to do with introvert or extrovert because I feel that extroverts have these insecurities as well. And, uh, and they too have probably the same things around. Can I, can I do this? I'm not sure I can do this. Mm -hmm. Is anyone going to listen? So, so that's what it's done more for me. Mm-hmm. It's more around my insecurities and my own comfort zones that it's pushed me. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's one of the biggest misunderstandings as far as what is an introvert and what is an extrovert, because I've had conversations with both and probably still do on a daily basis because it's, it's not like we wear a name tag saying extroverted <laughs> or introvert. It, it's something that you figure out over time. And what I've always wondered is that for those who choose to create platforms from the introvert perspective, my assumption was that they were trying to become more extroverted, but really it's how you put it as far as it's, it, you're just creating a space. You're still who you are, but you're allowing yourself to step into the unknown and, and ultimately find ways to cope and better understand your own life, your own perspectives and your own, like you said, insecurities Yes. because, and, and to your point, I think we all have that because at the end of the day, we're all human, right? Yes. And, and most humans, in my opinion, were imperfect human beings. And, and so it's, if not all, let's put it that way. Yeah. I was going to say, which, which perfect do you know? Please introduce me. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's all part of the journey, I think, of just creating those opportunities. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to know, you, you dove into this a little bit as far as the different skills that you've been able to identify about yourself that you have. How did those play as part of your bigger picture? And maybe even before answering that question, how did you even get to the concept of understanding what your big picture was in life? Hmm. You know, it's, that's a really interesting question, Oleg, because I feel I'm still in the process of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, I've always been envious of people who've been so clear around, I know this is what the vision is, this is what my purpose is, and I don't know that I've always had that clarity and I feel I'm coming to terms with it's okay that I don't have it all. And that part of my, um, part of it's for me, it's the process of getting there. Uh, you know, I'm not, I've never been someone, you know, you know, whenever anyone's done the, uh, you know, we do this vision activities, right. And I, I've also led these. So I kind of know, you do um, where you say, you know, imagine your life 10 years from now, what can you see? What do you, you know, what can you smell? Like, it's really about trying to be present to it right now. Like it's almost like envisioning it and and bringing it about right now. For whatever reason, I've always had a hard time with that exercise because I was like, ah, I feel like everybody was like drawing these amazing things and writing these amazing things down. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really seeing anything. And I was just like, am I not visionary? Am I (laughs) any thoughts of what I want? And what I realized was that I do, and I've come to recognize that for me, it's not always a clear picture. And I am, and it's the odd thing for me is that I'm somebody who, who does want clarity. And, and I mean, like most people, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I want to have more clarity, but I've never had that crystal clearness around 
purpose in that way. And, and so for me, it's an ongoing journey and I'm coming to appreciate that. I'm coming to appreciate that I don't know it all and that the, the process of the uncovering, the digging Uh is a fun thing too. Like, you know, like there is something in that, like the inquiry of the, the curiosity around it. So, I mean, earlier in the call, I mentioned, like, for me, when I think about bigger purpose, mm-hmm. from a faith perspective, that's that's a big part for me. And I think mm-hmm. about, um, you know, for me, when I think about purpose, I really look to see, uh, um, I really look to see, like, how did Jesus emulate his life? So, for mm-hmm. me, service, the word service has been, a, I feel for whatever reason, it's always rung true with me to, to some degree or another. How do you serve others? What does it look like to serve in a meaningful way, in an impactful way? But that's such a broad stroke, right? right? It's such a broad stroke to talk about service. And what I'm coming to realize is, so I kind of look to see when I, I when I think about bigger purpose, I've realized that I kind of look at Christ as the bigger purpose and all these other things are a stem from that. And the cool thing of that is it's, it's not one dimensional, like when I'm, when I'm pursuing this bigger purpose with Christ, I'm kind of, it's, he's the bigger picture for me that allows for a lot of different, like a lot of different opportunities. And so when I think about service, I think about where am I uniquely positioned to serve? Mm -hmm. And likewise for you, where are you uniquely positioned to serve? So rather than me being like, I really like how Oleg does it. I want to be, I want to be Oleg. It's Mm -hmm. how can I actually say, well, what are you uniquely gifted with there? We all have these God given things that we're given. And I look to that to say, how does that fit into um, my bigger picture? Like when Mm -hmm. I look at the life of Christ, like how does that fit into service in that way? But I'm not bounded by it must look so because Mm -hmm. the process of me growing and evolving means that all of that is evolving. So I just need to be present to where I am now. And mm-hmm. that's been the learning for me, to be honest, um, in finding purpose in the now and kind of looking at based on where I am now, well, how, like how further out can I look without needing to look 20 years out, right? Like some people just have a vision to see that far out. I, I don't, I, I, and maybe that's, maybe just, that's just the way I operate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know the idea of like, service under the umbrella of Christ like that that sits right for me mm-hmm. so I kind of rely rely on that um as my sort of bigger pictures so when you mm-hmm. talked about compass like that like that's my compass mm-hmm. for uh for how I operate but yeah I don't know that I know this is exactly what purpose looks like I'm it's a journey for me I just keep my eye on like the bigger picture as I move forward well you know and as part of you sharing what came to mind for me is the ability and the necessity to be open-minded. I think if you stay open-minded and that's kind of how I'm actually choosing to approach this particular conversation and what we're talking about. So part of my, part of my understanding of what purpose was once upon a time was that you have to have this set or defined thing for what it is, such as at the time I thought, okay, it had to be events. It had to be a podcast. It had to be place where people can share their stories. But Mm -hmm. since what I've learned is that, that those three things have actually been redefined into, it just has to be an experience. And, and what it actually does is because it still, it still takes the form of a more general uh, shape. It gives you a chance to stay curious 
and evolve that experience. Yes. So in, in the thing that you mentioned about the years, the five to 10 year plan, I struggle with that. <laughs> I, I, no, true, I don't understand it the way that other people understand it. So when someone asks me, what is your five-year plan? I say, I have no idea, but here's what I envision. Here's what I plan. Because I think the concept of time, it, it's five-year plan, it, when I hear of it, it makes me think that I can control those entire five mm. years. But in reality, I can't. So in five years, I may envision and putting on 20 events. But I've also know through past experience that I can do 11 in a year. So mm. why can't I do 50 in mm. five years, right? Right. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think the importance of staying open mind and defining your own purpose and however you see it. But I think the general approach for me has worked the best because at the core of it, if I'm trying to create an experience, then it also keeps me to other options that an experience could look like. Yes. An experience is not only a podcast interview. It's not only an event. It's not only this. It could be something that's completely foreign to you right now. Yes. It's an experience. Yes. I really appreciate what you said around experience is, so when we look at podcast, when we look at events, even when I think about, you know, my own company, Seed Leadership, I've, rec I, I've come to recognize that these are all just vehicles yeah. to something. They actually don't, they're not who I am. They're just a vehicle, like a portion of, so when I talk about being in service, it is one way that we do that. It's not mm -hmm. the way. Um, and I like what you said about experience because it's, you know, uh, it allows you enough flexibility in, in that plan. And, you know, it's, it's funny when we talk about five-year plans and stuff, like really when I think about a lot of the work that I do and I've done in the past in, in my career, we did a lot of planning, a lot of business planning and things like that. Um, and I, and it's one of those things where you, you, you're, you're faced with the norm of how these things are done. Like this is the, this is the uh, best practice around business planning is how we do it. And then I'm faced with the reality of how I feel about it yeah. and how I'm supposed to adapt it. So I, you know, in one of my previous uh, companies that I worked for, I worked with a lot of new business owners and we would help them with time management, like time management, time blocking. And, and I remember at that time, you know, we would give guidance around, time blocking, you know, be as specific as you can be. So, you know, like from nine to 10, I'm going to do blah, 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 you know, from 11 to 12, blah, blah, like you just kind of map it out. But even then I remember thinking, I don't know that I could live by this. Yeah. Right. Like I, I make, it seems it, very robotic. Valid. Yes. And, and I, and it's, and I actually, so I, it was one of these things where I had to realize that it's not that it's wrong or there's, it doesn't work. It does work but it didn't give enough room for flexibility. Okay. And so it was this balance between understanding flexibility and becoming, I think I was battling with the flexibility and laziness. Cause it's easy. If you give so much flexibility, then I was just like, well, then I'm just going to be like flopping around and I, I won't, I won't follow through on anything. Mm -hmm. So it was just this piece of like figuring out what works. And, um, so the idea of business planning, there's so many methods out there, and I value them because there is such value in creating a discipline around planning. I'm not one to say, don't plan. I, I, I value planning. Uh, 
but it's how strict you get with your plan. There's some who are amazing at keeping like they are. I wake up at 5.15, 5.15 to 5.45 <laughs> and yeah. they live by that. And I actually, when I see people like that, I, I very much admire it. I'm like, Oh, how do you, how do you do it that way? I just don't operate like that for me. I'm like, if it's that stringent, I give myself no room for error and no room for error means that if I do create, <laughs> make a mistake or don't follow through that I'm feeling guilty. And so it's this idea of figuring out how do you plan in a way that allows, as you said, for experience and allows for it and still has discipline around it. And I feel that's something I'm working out. I don't have an answer for what that looks like in my life. I'm working it out. Um, but what I'm realizing is the journeying of it is also kind of cool, which is yeah. not something I probably would have said if you'd asked me a year ago. I'm, I'm, I would have been much more of an end result person. And I'm starting to enjoy going through the process as mm -hmm. well. Well, I think part of routines, what I've learned, what I'm learning is this. And I, I had a similar challenge, I think, when it comes to the different time block. I've been exposed to so many different techniques through the number of interviews where it's, sometimes it becomes a little bit overwhelming as far as which one do you choose to act on and yes. implement and test. And what I've actually learned recently that works well for me is writing down the routine that I want to have. So I, I start off read, journal, meditate, and then write. So I do some sort of article or content based off of what I've learned. And what really clicked for me was this. I listened to a video. It was Jordan Peterson. And he was asked this question of the, there was a person in the audience. I think he was speaking to a college auditorium person in the audience got up and he said, how do I be like you as a communicator? What can mm -hmm. I start doing today? And he said three things, read, write, and speak, read more than what you know, write so you can process your own thoughts and speak to continue to work on communication and, and energy and everything that comes with it. So once I understood that, and this is a recent discovery, it literally just made sense. So I, I went to kind of my drawing board and I wrote down the things that I wanted to do. And I've noticed that I've, I'm actually at so much ease now with it than I ever was because, you know, my intention is to get up at four or five or 6am in the morning. Well, sometimes I get up at eight <laughs> And then what that's the, see, that's the challenge is if you had four from four to eight blocked off completely, and then you can, the, the thought is that, well, damn, I'm going to have to wait till next Monday to start this, <laughs> which is crazy. It's like six yes. more days. And so what I just realized is that it's, it's just more important to know and have that bigger picture mm. of what you're trying to accomplish. And then through it, just let the experience of life be that platform through which you can just enjoy it. I get up at eight and I still go through the thing. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I woke up or I guess last week I woke up past the intended time alarm didn't go off or something like that. And my first thought was that sucks. I just mm -hmm. missed three hours of reading productivity. All of that. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden, like I'm feeling guilt. My first thought I'm feeling guilty and embarrassed. Mm. and not disciplined. Mm. And then I just had another thought, the same exact moment. I said, so what? Just do it. Right. Do it right now. And what I actually noticed was just by starting to do it, I accomplished those things probably two or three times faster mm. because I cut down 
all of the external things that I would do, get up and snack in between and all of these distractions or check your phone, but rather just got focused on like two or three tasks at hand and got and felt so fulfilled. So I think I, I like your point of having the bigger picture, but then also understanding that it's each time you get up is going to be its own unique experience. Yes. So I'm curious with your experience, have you mm-hmm. found that the simplifying of it is what helped you? So yeah. it's just read, write, speak, like, you know, whatever the, okay. Sim- yeah. I just simplified it into very simple categories. So I read and I just set a goal for one chapter, however long. So it's not a time thing. It's, it's not, not a, time a time thing for you. No, oh, okay. It's not a time thing. And when I used to do the time thing, I actually felt almost impatient sometimes because when the hour mm. hits and I'm like three pages away from finishing that chapter, <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to have to somehow resume this with the same level of thinking tomorrow, mm. which is really, uh, in my opinion, it's not possible because right. you're going to be influenced by so many different things over the course of that day right. where it's, it literally is impossible for you to come with the same exact being right. state of mind that following morning. Right. So instead, what I just said is I'm going to commit to one chapter a day, yes. however long that takes, 15 yes. minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, and then you get into the other things. And I think that's the beauty of life and, and keeping an open mind perspective is that through it, I was able to find my own routine. Yeah. Time blocking didn't work. Hmm. So I just always question like, there's got to be something that works. Yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm different, but I'm not that different from other people. (laughs) I got to, there's got to be a way to figure it out. I really like what you're saying. It's almost like it's making me go back and think about like how I approach it. Like I said, for me, this is a work in progress. I'm I'm figuring it out as I go. And I have a lot of people who ask me a lot of times, like, oh, how do you manage your time? I'm like, well, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm learning it as I'm doing it. Um, But the thing that's now similar to your learning and my learning, and I feel for a lot of other people is I would encourage people simplify whatever it is you think you can accomplish in a day, reassess it, like cut it down by whatever you have on your list, because I'm guilty of this. I feel that I can accomplish. I mean, I'm like, I can accomplish everything, mm-hmm. but, but the reality is that it, I end up accomplishing them to like, you know, to this much degree because I've just put so much on there. So the idea of simplifying it to just like that, read, write, speak, or meditate, read, you know, whatever, whatever those things might be. I feel a simplification of it is really powerful. And I also feel the one thing that from my time blocking days that I absolutely agree, like I'm like, the stance true still is think about the things that would energize you personally. Like when you, we, I mean, we use the words like self-care and everything, but I'm just saying like, what would give you energy? Make sure that that is a thing that you have as part of your read, write, like that needs to be on your simplified list. So whether that's working out, whether that is, I need to meditate, I need to, you know, uh, write, whatever that might be for you. I feel that needs to be on your simple list because if it's always about just the work that you need to do, um, that's where we actually don't fuel ourselves. And I feel that when you don't have the fuel, the opportunity to to actually then have the energy, like the, the yeah. in, internal energy to keep going, the opportunity to actually learn from it. So I can only imagine like when we are fueling ourselves, we're our creativity sparking. We're like, oh, I can do this another way. I, mm-hmm. I can probably, you know, and you just kind of think about it differently. So those are two things that I would say 
I'm noticing from just my own, like now having spoken to you as well, like I feel like, oh, those two things ring true. Keep it simple and have like start with energy. Like what, what gives you energy that like, don't miss that for all the to-dos because the to-dos yeah. will always be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's actually and, really good. And with the energy, what I'm learning and, and trying to do, so I'm the same exact way. I mean, I'm looking at a list right now with 20 different things and I never in my life I've gone through all 20. I, oh. I think the closest I've done is like, 17 or something. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that was a once in a lifetime thing that, that I hope you usually, <laughs> usually it's half of that. But what I'm learning is even as it comes to that list and the energy and you, you bring up a really good point. So what I started to do when I, when I understood that particular aspect is you have to do the things that energize you is I started to break down the list. And let's say if you have nine things, every third or every fourth line is going to be something that I must to to re-energize myself, whether it's work oh. out, walk the dog, meditate. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't chunk them together. I break them up into increments so that mm. as I get through three things of work or what seems to be like tasks, then I can do something that gives me that boost again. Right. And then I can kind of get back to the flow once again. And in for every person, it's going to work differently. I know for me, it's worked tremendously because I, whenever I would feel a level of, okay, the, the day is over and it would be 11 a.m. in the morning because yes. I've worked so, so hard at the things. I, I just know that this is where I have to take that break. Yeah. This is where I have to re-energize myself or give myself kind of more, more food, more food essentially yes. for your brain. Well- you know, and that's actually really good. I feel like this is also an encouragement to anyone who's listening is to say mm-hmm. there, you have to try it. Right. And so I would say like, you don't have to take our word for whatever we're sharing. Like you have right. to try it because each of us physically and emotionally, mentally like figures it out, but you don't know until you actually, and that's why I think the things that you mentioned about Jordan Peterson, the speak aspect really stands out to me because that is just the trying of it. Like go and exactly. speak, like partly if you want to be a better communicator outside of this prepping and planning and processing, you got to go and do it. Um, so for me, when I think about even this idea of time blocking, a couple of years ago, I was reading this book by, um, I believe the author's name is Laura, Laura Vanderkamp. And she is her whole her whole expertise is around time. She's like a time guru. And her Uh book was called 168 hours because that's how many hours we have in a week. And she, the the big premise of what she was getting at was to say, you have more time than you actually think. So when we say things Mm. like, I don't have time, I've come to realize that the, the reality behind it usually is that it's just not a priority for me. Whatever this thing is that I said I was gonna do, I don't do it because I prioritize something. Now there'd be a lot of reasons why I prioritize something else, but that's reality of what happened. But one exercise that she would she would encourage everybody to do as part of a realize your pattern process was one week, just time everything, like as in write down everything you do. So from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, just start jotting them down. So, oh, you know, I woke up at 5.30, worked out 30 minutes, like just keep writing them down. And so I did that and I actually chose to do it for two weeks because sometimes, you know, I was just like, it was an odd week for me. I was having some extra amount of trainings and stuff happening that was throwing Mm -hmm. off my week. So I said, let me do two weeks and map it out. And it was a really great exercise uh, because it did two things, learnings I got from there. One was when, when I was conscious of what I was doing, I was very wise about what I was using my time on. Because as soon as I wrote it down, I was just like, what the heck am I doing right now? 
And, and so that was like a aha moment because I became very present to how I was using time. The second thing that I noticed about my pattern was that I had very little to no breaks during my work time. Mm. I was literally going from one thing to the next and the next thing. And I actually had a coworker who probably they, maybe a year prior to that or something, we were just kind of being like peer mentors to each other. And I was asked, he's pretty good with time and stuff. I said, tell me a little bit about how do you do time management? He goes, do you mind? Can I see your calendar? I'm like, sure. I opened up my calendar and he goes, Nancy, the first thing that shows up for me is you have no think time. You just go from this thing to that. I'm like, yeah, that's true. So when I was, I, really it was just a reminder idea. for me that I was just like, not giving myself any. And the thing is me, I'm a pro like I need time to think. I knew that for me to actually be at my best, to bring my best to anything, I needed a space in between to process. So you and I have a great meeting. Mm -hmm. Let's say we have some takeaways from that. I need some time to, to step away from it, to write it down. Similar to you, I'm, I'm a bit of a, like, I like, I like to write, to process a few things out. But who shows up after that is a very different person. Like I'm in a different headspace when I show up, um, but I wasn't giving myself that. I was just going next, next. So then when I got home, all I wanted to do was watch TV. I just wanted to eat. Like I didn't, because I hadn't given myself any space in between. And that's where I started to realize, I think I, I put a lot more on my plate than is needed. It's not because I can't accomplish it. I can accomplish it, but what's the purpose of me accomplishing it? What's the purpose of all of these things. And so that exercise really helped me to take a step back um, and, and reinforce these things about simplify what you're looking to accomplish in your day, because you wanting to do these five things, they probably wouldn't happen today. Anyways, you're right. going to feel bad about it. And then you're going to be like, I can't do this, right? Like we just keep regurgitating that, that mind frame again and again. So I just was like, how can I simplify this? What might be the most important like what would be the most important one or two things and i think those principles have held true when we think about you know brian tracy and you know eat the frog like that's pretty much what it is eat like the most uncomfortable thing that you need to do now that's work related but i say definitely have like you did have like what energizes you because if your entire day is just eating frogs then you're gonna <laughs> throw up at some point right like, seriously that's not yeah. the way to live either uh, so there is a, a balance in here, but we got to try it. And I think you just got to try a few things, figure out what works for you and go with that. Right. Like mm -hmm. in the end, we know what we're looking to look, what's the bigger picture we're working towards. And mm -hmm. we realize if we're going towards that or not, and if we're not, then there's something else there, mm -hmm. nothing to do with time. And I think part of trying one thing that I'll add on to that is trying, but also trying consciously. If, if you think about how you and I even mentioned the fact that, oh, I don't have time. I, I've said that phrase, I don't know how many times, millions probably yeah. by, by now, as I'm sure you have. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those things I think what ends up happening is that oftentimes we don't, I didn't even recognize that I was yeah. saying that, that I don't have time. It was more so I think what ends up happening is that you're, we're, I was so influenced by my environment I, I, there was a time in my life where I was in environments where it didn't um, give me the chance to grow in the same areas or same ways that I'm growing now. Mm. And so the phrases of, I don't have time, I can't do this, it's not possible, I can't change, or the norm or the everyday language. Nice. And the challenge that I think becomes in living in such environments is that it's very difficult to break through 
because you don't even know that there's the other side that's possible. Right. It's something I think language is beautiful because it's something that you have to really feel and and see like one result. And then it sets you on the track that, oh, maybe I can change the wording around how I manage stress, how I manage yes. anxiety, how I manage yes. shame, guilt, embarrassment. And this the thing that you brought up and what resonated with me is I don't have time is I think oftentimes I would say that without even noticing that I'm saying that because I'm just programmed. Yes. And so I don't really challenge that thought anymore. Yes. Same exact reason you get up in the, in the morning, you brush your teeth. You don't fight with that reality. <laughs> no. You just do it. Yes. But then the, the, the thing that I've recently begun to do, and, and Brian Kelly is exceptional at, at this as far as being conscious of what he says, mm. is it just made me realize one day him and I were talking and I was sharing with him the, the joy that I got from learning something new, like sweeping the floor and instead of pushing it as hard as I can, so the, brain, uh, the broom breaks, but doing it lightly and actually yes. having to be more effective. And I realized the same thing, how important it is. I mean, think about even the concept of waking up in the morning, brushing your teeth, and instead of doing it with the right hand, what if you do it with your left? What changes? Or yes. So it, I think the importance of that is knowing that there's always going to be something new to learn, but you just you literally just have to try it. Yes. It's as simple as that. Yes. There's no right, there's no wrong. It just is. That's why I think the beauty of platforms like this is that people can just openly share yes and it's there's no criteria i'm not sitting here and marking off oh nancy said that one minus <laughs> one i am not doing that yes <laughs> and that's i think the thing that that i would love to challenge people is to just be more open-minded to the different things that could be possible in your life Absolutely. I, it's really interesting. I, I talked about my podcast being this whole experiment of, or whole process of running the experiment. Like that actually came from Kevin Monroe, right? Like he, he says that frequently. And I remember one time he shared, it's really just stuck with me. And I think it came at a time when I was at a place to receive it and to do something with it. And, and that's kind of how my podcast was born. It's not because I'm some sort of professional podcaster or anything. I, it was because purely for that reason of trying something. Um, and so even as I think about, I'm going to be launching my, you know, season two soon and everything. And I was kind of sharing a little bit behind the scenes and my encouragement to everybody is as someone who has done this. So it's not even someone who I'm not talking theoretically as someone who really needed to know like the idea of like I need to know what that looks like I need to kind of have yeah. that planned and I don't and I don't um I don't say that as a way to knock planning like I said I, there's value in planning there's value in looking forward I'm a forward-looking person mm -hmm. but there's this balance between where we get stuck in just the thinking about it mm -hmm. and and to your point I want to encourage people to be like what's something that you've actually really had on your mind to try yeah and whatever that might be, if it's whether you thought, well, I don't have enough money to do it. I don't have enough uh, talents to do it. I don't have enough time to do it, whatever yeah. that might be. Uh, I would just encourage to be like, just say, jump into it and see what might happen. And it doesn't mean it'll be perfect, but if that's the, if that's the pursuit, then it won't happen anyways. Exactly. Um, but if you were just like, I just want to try it. I want to just give it a shot. I want to just try it. I really encourage people to do it, especially the time that we're all in right now. 
Mm -hmm. I've said, said this to a few people for whatever reason, because we're going through a global event right now, um, everybody's questioning, everybody's in this place of like, well, I don't know, can we do this? Can we do that? And I said, if there was ever a time of the least amount of judgment to try something, it is now. Now is the time because everyone's yeah. kind of going, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm like, well, then jump right in um, because there'll be more likelihood that people are going to be more curious than judgmental during this time. Um, so yeah, like I, I feel like there's such an opportunity to keep trying. And, and from my own life, I can say when you try it in one area, you kind of be like interested to be like, what else could I do? Yeah. What else mm -hmm. can I do? Right. And it's actually pretty awesome to be in that mm -hmm. place. And, and part of that, what I've learned is this is in the sole act of trying it, put it in perspective as far as the thought that, Oh, I, I can't do this or I can't do that. Here's the truth that I've learned about thoughts is that whatever the, that one thought that you have, there's always the possibility for the exact opposite at the same exact time, same exact time. You don't yes. even have to wait for it. You, yes. you have that thought of, I've never done this. I can't do it. I never am going to start this. At the same exact time, you have the possibility to think, I can do it now. It's possible. And I can make it happen. I, and, and I think that's the beauty of the human mind is that no circumstance, in my opinion, is permanent. Everything is temporary. I mean, it's, you have thousands of thoughts that pass through your mind every single, t every single day. And you choose which one you kind of pull down, nibble on, and then let it go. Yes. You actually make a conscious choice in some cases. Some yes. happen unconsciously and you just kind of pick them up or you go through it. But I think that's the important to pass on to anyone that's looking to start anything new. And one of the things that I'm actually going to share later today is an article that I wrote on how I started the podcast. I started it from my apartment closet. True story. Started in an apartment closet, pushed all the clothes to one side of the of the closet so they were all behind the computer. And I found one picture in the background. And the comments that I received as far as how professional it looked, or <laughs> or just how how they, people oftentimes were saying, Wow, like what a, what an office. That's incredible that you were able to move into an office at in, in year one of operations. I never revealed the full story that I'm actually in the closet and I'm looking at all you know my whole wardrobe in front of me here <laughs> but it, it's it's amazing to see that you can just you just start you just start doing and you learn you're going to figure out things that you didn't know and the best part of it all is that if it doesn't work out well a it's not working out to your assumption but b you're going to grow from it yes because change happens inevitably yes well, I love, okay, so you're going to laugh. <laughs> Your closet story. Uh -huh. My, <laughs> I just recorded a video. <laughs> <laughs> My sneak peek, because I was like, you know, I want to share with people if they're getting blocked and I don't have this, I don't have that. My right. sneak peek, I just recorded because most of my, majority of my audio is, uh, sorry, majority of my podcast is audio based. Uh -huh. So listening experience was something I knew, even if I was just like, I invested in one mic, like that's the only investment I made because the listening experience is what I was curious right. like I wanted to make sure I could provide but I just recorded a behind the scenes video to post in my closet because just like you I was just like well where can I get the best audio quality I'm like I'll get it in my closet because I have all these clothes yes. here and all the fabric and that's exactly what I did I was just like let me show you my recording studio <laughs> and I just kind of did a flip and said yeah 
it's my closet. Like that's what it is. I, I'll sit in here and I'll do my final cut in here. And I have no investment I have to make in that. And, and the reason I want to share is just because what you said is so people know that it doesn't all have to fit in. Like it, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. And no um, one cares. But, and nobody cares. <laughs> and secondly, I think I realized early on that was not my pursuit either. And I think that mm. helped is that with the podcast, my pursuit wasn't for it to be perfect. I actually went purely into being like, I'm going to experiment this. I'm going to try it. And it's just really made me excited about the creativity around it. It's made yeah. me want to explore different platforms that probably if you had just told me, Nancy, go and explore them, I probably would have been like, I don't really want to explore it. But because I'm doing something with it, I'm like, oh, now I'm curious. And when I see someone else try something, I'm like, oh, how did you do that? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I really like that. How could I do that? Like, it's just, it's making me aware uh, to want to see how others do it too. And it's actually been really cool in that way. So I love your closet story because that's my exact, (laughs) that's my exact story. Yeah. It's, it, and that's the beauty of it all is just giving it a shot. And from there, you, you learn the things that you had to learn internally. And, and I think it only strengthens your belief and your confidence that you can do the same exact thing in a lot of other areas of life. Yeah. Yeah. You can continue moving forward. I mean, when you think about when the concept of parenting clicked to me, as far as my parents aren't actually perfect human beings and mm-hmm. that they were learning every single day, just like I was learning to be a kid, they were learning to be a parent and still are. It, it helped me re- rethink and understand that, hey, the, this concept of life and the, I think the ideal image that we associate every, every experience with, as far as it has to be this. And if it's not, well, it wasn't worth my time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an assumption that we create based on, I think, a perfect reality, which it truly doesn't exist. Yep. And I, and I, I, I'm, there's so many things for so many other episodes that we'll get into, but I'm, I've been curious, even this whole concept of perfection, when did that evolve? How, how was that? Uh, why was that a thought once upon a time that, Hey, there the is need that to be thing. perfect. They need the to need be perfect. To, yeah. Uh-huh. Cause um, perfection, what I've learned is that it actually happens in the most imperfect moments. You know, you're doing, in my opinion, you're doing something without the idea of having it be this thing. And then there's that one 30 second to one minute window. Sometimes where you sit there and you, and you tell yourself, damn, that was perfect. But you didn't plan that's, for that. That's really cool. I don't. I don't think I've ever actually thought about that. Like that perfection happens in like those moments of imperfection. I actually never yeah. even, never even considered that. Uh, you know, it's the question around like where it started for me around perfection. I feel like it probably was like since I was a child. Um, growing up, being the best was was an expectation yeah um education wise uh anything we anything that and i say we because just to kind of like family wise in general um anything that i might have been enrolled in the idea of being number one Uh um was just the expectation and so when it wasn't achieved um i i knew about it like i would know (laughs) that it wasn't achieved right like it's something that was always there um and so I grew up that way. I grew up with that expectation of being number one. And yeah. uh, so then that requires like perfection in, in things that you do and perfection in the sense of everything has to be just right. Um, 
And so I, I feel like that's been my experience since I was a child. And so the unlearning of that is a process. Um, what I've, what I'm grateful for is that I am aware of it. Uh, I'm aware that the, the, the differentiating between perfection and mastery, perfection and excellence, perfection yes. and the experience, perfection yes. and the process. I am very grateful for recognizing that. And so earlier when I talked about like the bigger picture and I talked about like how I kind of look to see how does the life of Christ emulate these things for me? I actually, it supported through for me in that way too, as well It's like, there's no expectation for mm -hmm. me um, to be perfect except for what was placed on me by my earthly, you know, like guardians and parents, even like it's, it's an earthly requirement yeah. that got set up very early on. It's never been something that was innately required of me. I know that when I think about from a faith perspective, I don't, I don't think that God has an expectation for perfection. It's just not possible. You said that like, I'm not sure who exactly is perfect. So we are already setting ourselves up for failure. Um, so it's not actually a reality. So I think what I'm grateful for is the experience of realizing that, that, that is not necessary. The idea of actually living it out is a process for me. I can't say that I'm in a place where I'm now always like no need for perfection. I can't say that I'm there either, but the awareness of it has been really awesome because to your point, I can recognize it. Yeah. Like as soon as it's there, I can have the opposing thought as well. And I, and I share that as an encouragement to a lot of people, because I feel sometimes when we talk about getting over anything, when we talk about getting over my insecurities, getting over anxiety, get, getting over these things, um, we have this expectation of perfection in the getting over of it. As in, mm. I'm going to now one day, this is no longer going to be something that I'm going to deal with. And uh -huh. I feel I'm coming to the reality that I don't know that I'm ever going to be there. I yeah. don't know that I'm ever going to be in a place that, you know, my, my insecurities that kind of scream out at me that they're going to be gone forever. I feel just like me, they're evolving. And so they're going to keep evolving. And so what I'm recognizing is that so instead of me trying to come to a place where this will never exist, how do I come to a place where I, accept it and mm -hmm. i realize like how can this be part of my journey this is part of my story and the reality is that actually is what connects with people if i was a perfect person that did not experience these things or said you know what now i am never insecure i actually don't know how relatable i could be with people i feel like it would be really hard like it would actually it would actually be um disheartening i feel to some people to be like oh man she can do that i can't do it why can't i get past it and then we would always just be stuck in that place so i where i am right now with perfection or my own insecurities and stuff is just really coming to terms with with that okay you know what maybe i can just be okay that it's going to be here and some days i'm going to have periods where it screams really loud and i'm just like i can't do this right and i yeah. and it's going to overwhelm me but I am like, can I maybe experience it? Like maybe I can sit with it. I can sit with it and, and like experience it and then have an opposing way of like, what else can happen from here mm -hmm. as opposed to being like, I'm never getting past this. This is never going to be, I mean, even though, okay, I'll be honest. Like that may be some initial thoughts I'll have. <laughs> this, is, this is, this is it. This is never working. I'm never going to get past this. Definitely. Those are my initial thoughts, but they are no longer the ones that, like 
they're no longer the prevailing ones. They don't, they don't sit with me forever. So I recognize that I'm in the process of it and I've realized that I'm always going to be in the process of it. I'm never going to be in a place where perfection is no longer a thing that I think about. I just know that there's another way. So that's kind of where I would say I'm at. And if you're perfect, then there's no need to do better or to be better or yes. to strive for any of that. And that's the, yes. I think the thing of it all is that it's <clears throat> perfection. In my opinion, I don't think we can ever achieve it because the one that, that thing of you can do better, you can be better. You can see a different view. You can, there's always a story within the story that's always going to be true. And if that's always true, then this concept of perfect, it, it, it literally, they can't, in my opinion, if there's one thing that can't coexist, mm-hmm. it is those two things. It's what the concept of always improving and then being perfect at the same time. Yes. Cause yeah, you're right. Perfection is like this finale. It's like the ultimate thing. It's the, right? end of, it's the rainbow at the end of the road. It's, you know, it's the dead end and it's like, maybe we no... need to be worried. <laughs> we need to be worried when that happens. Cause <laughs> that means like we're done. This is the end of the road. <laughs> that's your life. And that, and maybe that's the, it's been interesting to talk to people who have had near death experiences. And one of the things that happens is they have this almost like summary of their life in the last you know, days or, or weeks. And in those moments of gratitude, the forgiveness to all the people that they've held weight or shame or blame against. Interesting. It, it comes out because I, I think it's, it's one of those things where you can, um, when you can see the, the end and an event such as a um, catastrophe, it's fascinating actually how catastrophes shape your mind because they really give you an understanding that this may be it. Mm. It, 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 it almost like, I don't know how it works and I don't want to put any sort of theories that aren't actually theories. This is just coming out of my brain as, as, a, as who I am, but just, it, it's almost like an outer body experience. You know, mm. your body gets shaken up in such a way that it, you can't, it doesn't even know um, what it's for, but it's, the catastrophe, it's interesting how it happens or tragic events. Yes. How they really wake you up. Yes. I've always been curious, like, why does that happen? Yes. Why do you get such, you, you, you wake up and you have such an experience that you literally choose to either change your life completely, act upon that thing, or have that realization? Yeah, I mean, I think about theoretically that, time- that end and that last day. Um, we don't know when that's going to happen. This yeah, could be our exactly. last breath. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, uh, you know, I think about even the experience that we're all going through right now with the coronavirus. So it's a pandemic. It's worldwide. Everyone's being affected by it. Maybe it's not, you know, actually I shouldn't say that for some, it has been tragic. Some right. have experienced it. It's been, it's been a tragic process. I've, and I, so when I think about your question, I think about it in those terms. I say, well, right now where we're at, like, what is, what are we faced with? And I feel like I feel we're faced with a forced, we're being forced to take a look. We're being forced to, it's, it's this disruption, right? And somebody actually said this really in pre coronavirus, somebody had said, right. this. she had said, um, uh, Danielle Strickland, she had said, uh, 
confusion and disruption are an invitation from God to see things differently. And so the world that we're in right now is to your point is this, this kind of a shakeup that's happened. And it is an invitation for all of us to see things differently. We all have a choice around, you know, what we would, how do we want to see it? How do we want to, you know, what, what does that look like? But it is a forced place that we're in. And I feel like that's what tragedies and, and, and uh, pandemics and all these things are. They're just like a forced moment of consideration and change. And what we choose to do with it is still the choice. Like it's never actually, I mean, unlike, unless for some who, who've actually experienced loss, who've actually experienced things right. that they're like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have chosen that. Um, I, I can, I can know that that exists, that exists in people's lives right now. Uh, and there's also a choice that there's a lot of us that are being faced with um, at this point. And I feel like that's the, that's what comes with tragedy. Like, I feel like in all our lives, if we, I mean, I can even speak from my experience, like when my dad passed away about, uh, it's been now 11 years and his passing actually was very, like, it was a shakeup. Like it was a very significant shakeup for me. And it, it, that was a big change moment in who I was back then. And I feel we all have that events in our life. I personally feel like I have something every seven to 10 years in my life, significant, uh -huh. not like, I'm not saying between that time, nothing's happening, but significant things, seven to 10 years. And uh, I was actually due for one. 2020 is when I was due for one. Really? <laughs> and it, and it, internally since 20, like towards like middle and end of 2019, just, I was having a lot of like turmoil and questioning around purpose and what I'm like, all these things. And so I knew I was due for it. Um, not, I'm not, I'm not talking about this is not pandemic related. I just feel like personally that was there, right. but I feel we all have that. There's an internal thing or sometimes it's external. It just is this thing that happens externally uh, that we're all, it's like a shakeup to be like, mm -hmm. so what do you do with this at this point? And I don't know what the answer is to that, right? Like I, that's, that's individually where each of us, I, and I, and I think that's why it's, it's great to talk to other people to kind of, understand what's their experience because people are having very different experiences. I'm having a different experience from people that I speak with. Uh -huh. um, and I think that's the value of learning. Like, can you, can you learn from other people? Like that might be the opportunity as well that exists instead of figuring it out by myself as to be what, what's, what's the answer to that. I actually have no clue yeah. what the answer is. And I don't think there is that ultimate answer. I, the way that I kind of look at life and the understanding that I've been able to develop is that life is a book and you have different chapters that you go through it. You have the chapter of the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment. You have the chapter of finding a little bit of your purpose or how you want to serve. You have all these different chapters, which it, it goes back to the story and, and just ultimately what I believe in is the power of individual stories mm. that we tell tell internally and how we externalize those to other people because they can, they can help shape the narratives of other people's stories, other people's books. Yes. I think that the concept that oftentimes I hear from people is you need to write a book. You need to write a book. Who's to say that I'm not writing a book right now. Mm. Let's face it. You are writing a book every, every day. You're just not putting it in a form that someone else right. can digest it. Right. But for those that are close to you and those that you have a, the ability to stay in touch with, they are active characters within your book. 
they're reading your chapter at the same exact pace that you are. Right. Word by word, page by page. And so right. I think it's important to understand that these concepts that I think we oftentimes place as far as, you know, different limitations or you have to do this, you have to do that. Who's to say that? Hmm. You have to write a book. Who's to say that you're not writing a book? Mm -hmm. You have to monetize a podcast. Who's to say that you're not monetizing the podcast through relationships and connections and everything that you're building? Mm. So there's always there there are always multiple perspectives to it all. The thing that you mentioned about reality and um, this is why I think Think and Grow Rich will really resonate with you. And there there's a passage in there that that says. Um, a person is not de defeated until he or she accepts defeat. So therefore everything's temporary and mm. everything as re everything is as real as you make it to be. So, yes, you know, so there was a uh, pain. There was a point that I read a while ago. It said something suffering is temporary. Pain is inevitable. Right. Same exact thing. It's it's whatever you're experiencing now, whatever you're going through, you have a choice. Do you dive into the fear? Do you operate from that as far right. as the world man? Or do you operate from, hey, maybe this was the restart button that I needed? Right. I mean, I, I've I don't know how many different groups or opportunities I've been able to be a part of just because of this that I've crave craved for. Hmm. I craved for those things for like years. Some of them I didn't even know I wanted. Right. And then when the person says, hey, I, I want to start this or would you be a part of it or do you want to be a part of it? It's like, yes. And so it's, I think there's beauty with it all. But yes. the most important point of it all is in regard to the bigger picture and everything is that there's always a choice. Mm -hmm. And you have that choice. And whatever you choose, whatever you put your focus and energy on, you're going to manifest. Absolutely. So it's amazing, but I, I appreciate you sharing all these insights. And before we kind of give you the opportunity to um, tell as far as how people can connect with you and learn more about your show, I just wanted to say that we, we've had so many different topics within this that are really, <laughs> really important thing to life in general, because it's, it's just so, the, bi the biggest takeaway that I got from this is the ability to question always question and that for the sake of questioning why 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 but it's more so why do you do what you do why do you think this way right why does this person in in, in your life or why are they still there or why and, and i think that's the most that's a gene just an incredible ability that all of us have is just the ability to stay curious yes about life because yes. curiosity will lead you places that you didn't even know existed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, um, I think for me, as we were chatting, the, the, what was just being reinforced was this idea of the journey, the process, right. And, mm -hmm. and that, and that, that actually is what life is. Like majority of his life is in destinations. It's actually the process of getting, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's you're, you're, you're working through it. And I know certainly I've been somebody in the past who was just like, what's the destination? What's the destination? And kind of missing the journey along the way and, and, uh, and being more open to, okay, let's experience the journey. Cause that's actually where all the living is happening. Like let's, let's enjoy that, that aspect of it. Uh, and so that feeds into cure world. Curiosity is a big part of that. So be like, let me be a bit more curious around instead of assuming that this is so, 
Yes. Could I actually maybe ask another question um, to find a little bit more? And, and, I, and sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times it's not really about now you and I have to see everything exactly the same. That's actually not what it is. It's, can, you, can I just ask you to just even understand, like if I don't even understand, how are you seeing the world? Like the, right. that's the possible that someone sees it this way. Well, that's actually a pretty cool thing that someone can see something one way that I don't see it at all. And that to me is the curiosity um, and the opportunity for learning. It's not always about, we all now agree on everything that, that doesn't actually make any sense. Like mm -hmm. we can't all agree on everything that wouldn't, that wouldn't work. So yeah, I really appreciate the conversation we had today. I've been jotting a few things down here on my own to be like, oh, what, is, <laughs> what does that mean for me? And uh, I really appreciate, yeah, I really appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. And I appreciate you. Nancy, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you, with your work, and also listen to some of the podcast episodes that you guys have? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the best ways to connect with me personally would be through LinkedIn. Uh, it's I'm, I'm very present and active there. So if you just looked up Nancy John, just as it sounds, <laughs> two first names that like you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can check out my website. Like if you're interested to find a little bit more about the work that I do through Seed Leadership, that's just seedleadershipdevelopment.com. You can find me there. But again, if you go onto my LinkedIn site, you can find the, the website there as well. And my podcast, Relational Introvert, it, um, I'm just going to be launching season two on April 27th. So in a little bit over a week from now, you can find it on majority of the platforms, Apple, Google, Anchor, um, all of that's available um, through there. But again, you come and look at my profile on LinkedIn and you'll be able to find uh, everything you have on there as well. And I'd love to have people come mm -hmm. and journey with me uh, uh, on this podcast because you know, it's, it's been a learning experiment and I've really enjoyed it. So I hope that that's what people get out of that for themselves too. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand up and speak up stories, and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear this message of overcoming adversity facing their challenges, and finding a light at the end of the tunnel. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.